everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going to the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, till the end of time. That is correct, Colin, and it's going to feel really weird to just say one timestamp, but here we are. Just like we did last episode? We, yeah, but this is me talking. Oh, gotcha. So we are... Do- <laughs> okay, okay, fair, fair. Uh, um, We're looking at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 7, starting at 8 minutes and 32 seconds, ending at 9 minutes and 49 seconds, and here is what happens. Mac assembles and paints the model car that he pulled out at his uncle's house. It is a 67 Corvette 427. He is putting the finishing touches on the paint job when Deke stops by with groceries and a ball. (laughs) Deke talks about how hard it was to track him down, but that he hired a very shady guy named Cricket to do the job. Then Mac picks up the ball and throws it outside. Deke trots after it, saying that Mac should join him out there to play, but Mac shuts the door and locks Deke out in a fit of allegorical action that is almost too rich to be talked about. But, Colin... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What are your thoughts on this On this, scene? I literally never stopped to think about it, but I'm thinking about it now. Uh-huh. Is the car that he got and building, is that what car Lola is? Uh, I think it's not. Okay. Or, wait, or maybe the one that Ghost Rider had. Maybe it's the one Ghost Rider had. He paints it sparkly blue. Yes, because it was red. So, right. And I can't help but think that the red car, though, does make him think of Coulson. Yes, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I, I want to talk more about this model, but I want to do a why that date first because it's going to give some context here that I think is very interesting. To the car, you mean, or? To the model building, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, go for it. All right, so this is going to encompass uh, all of the 1982 episodes that aren't that we haven't talked about before, because this is an MCU wiki why that date colon special beard length edition. Ready? That's Here amazing. we go. <laughs> Mackenzie's beard on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1982, Spoiler which we're going to see episode. in the next. Right, exactly. He, he still has his beard. Um, and also the scene after that, which is on January 1st, whatever, is about 13.39 centimeters. Their measurement technique is not discussed. I don't understand how they <laughs> come up with that specific two decimal okay. point uh, measurement. But the scenes, therefore, can be taken to be around the same time as the thing on the next day. His beard on January 21st, 1982, is around 1.23 centimeters. And so then has grown... Uh, roughly 6.94 centimeters in 344 and a half days or 0.02 centimeters per day. When Shaw visits Mackenzie with the ball, Mackenzie's beard is shown roughly to be 3.87 centimeters. So from this rate of beard growth, assuming a constant rate of beard growth, I don't know, maybe right. it grows more in the spring. Who knows? It may I be approximated check. that it is June 1st, 1982. And then we have other stuff uh, later that we don't need to get into. 
So one of two things is happening here. Either, because we're going to see the, this, this should I give this kid the model car kit again later. Spoilers for minor prop events in the in the future. But we're going to see this sort of revisited. So one of two things has happened. Either Mac has the box with the car in it that he wanted to give to young Alfie and, and Ruben. He still has that, and he's bought himself one too. That feels like a weird sort of anti-Occam's razor thing to assume because we've only seen one box, and then we see a box that looks very similar that he's doing the model of. So the other thing that makes more sense to me is that this is the model that he got. And he gets but what one. is absolutely wild to me is that he waited five months, four and a half months, before he finally gave in. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, would he have gone by Uncle Marcus's house, like, frequently yeah. with the box? And then one day he's just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm building this car That's That's kind of how I interpreted the whole thing. Because yeah. to me, it is just like a... Whether or not he bought one and then was just like, okay, I'm going to leave this one here. And if I choose to give it to them, I'll give it to them. But like, I, I want to think maybe it's also a little bit of like, why do I keep wanting to give him this specific one? So I'm going to pick up one for myself and now I'm going to build it. That's also a possibility. I think it's more likely that he just keeps trying to go to give it to him and he goes, okay, maybe I keep thinking about it because I think that he needs it, but maybe I'm the one that it's, you know. Technically, yeah. Alfie needs it, right? So right. Alfie gets what he gets, and he doesn't get upset. Uh, and doesn't throw. Nope. Uh, and so he starts to put together this car. I mean, again, I there are so many different reasons, I feel like, why any of this could have happened. But I also think, right. you know, he's clearly been drinking and, you know, just sort of doing whatever. And I guess it's just... He's he's depressed. Oh, let's not, oh, no, let's not be sure. around the bush. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no way around that. Um, yeah. But, like, I'm thinking also about what you said recently too, right? About like, imagine how lonely it is pre-internet. Yep. But also same thing for a guy who also, he does have someone that he knows there, but he doesn't really like Deke, you know? And he's also, he was mad at Deke the last time he saw him and kind of like you, right? Like with like the music thing of like not listening to the music because like what if it makes you then not mad anymore? I think by right. not addressing any of it, he gets to continue to be mad at him. And it gives him something to maybe put some of the blame of his feelings onto. You know? If he if he's cheered up by by Deke, then he can't be mad then at him. Is he still mourning his parents? That's also true, yeah. Um and you know, so like it's I don't know. Like I, th- I feel like there are so many different layers here, but for sure, I think the answer is is yes. Right. He is, but the way that he might be thinking is is no. I don't. I don't. Right. Want, I don't want to leave that question hanging. No, no. Like, oh, I thought so maybe I didn't he know wasn't. if it was necessary. I thought it was more like a rhetorical no, no. It was question. rhetorical, and then I was kept thinking about right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I it feel might like. be yes, but it's not yes. He thinks it is. He could think it is, but it's not. You can be cheered up by someone and still feel your feelings for sure. Still valid. Uh, no, but I, I've I've definitely been here and I've I've felt this and like I think about you know the way that. I at least have like the internet, you know, to yeah. find some sort of distraction. But like for Mac, I guess also at the same time being completely off the grid, it might also be, it's either therapeutic or it's it's making it worse. It's kind of hard to tell right. it, to, to some extent. But I mean like the man, 
just sort of goes and gets beer. And then he sits on the couch or he sits at the table and he makes his models. He is in one of two positions every time we see him. Right. And the, the model is such an interesting thing because I think what he'd prefer to be doing and what he probably did with his, and what he probably did with his dad is fix cars. Correct. And making a model car feels like it's so close, but missing key components. Right. And having key components like fine motor skills. Mm hmm. Like a motor. Yeah, I got you. I, I, um, especially since you but, did the little laugh. Yeah. 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 Um, but like, we're going to see in, in, a, in a subsequent scene that like he doesn't want to be delicately painting stuff. No. He wants to be getting his hands greasy, fixing carburetors and. But, you know, engine. There's also there's I fixed. It. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Good one, James. Yeah, you got there. You're a car guy. We Break. Cradles. Mm, close. Um mm. No, but like I also think about Chess. two other sides of this. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Um, I also think about how one of the reasons why he was wanting to give it to young Alfie, but also kind of held on to it, I think, too, was there sort of this loss of innocence and childhood and youth. And so by right. instead of doing an actual car, doing a model, he is kind of reverting to some extent to his childhood and his youth on his own or, or right. rebottling, recapturing that feeling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also well, he, go ahead. he has such a giving spirit that he wants to give it to someone, right? but he wants to give it to himself. So right. actually there's a, there's a bit of a therapeutic sort of healthy thing here where it's like, he realizes that he would be helped if he would be helped by it, then he would be helped by it. Correct. Yeah. If you if you take yeah, yeah if if Lil him would, would be helped by it, so would he. Yeah. Um, but I also think about how the other side of this too is just that like he has this huge problem. Yeah. Uh, or not problem. Sorry. I mean, okay. To be clear, obviously he ha- he has a problem right now. But what I mean is like he has this huge life changing thing. And so think about how much larger a car is right it's true than like he is right so what's interesting to me is i i feel like uh, again i could be totally like projecting or whatever here but i can't help but think about how there's a problem that is larger than he is Mm. so then he is larger than the car he like he then becomes bigger than the issue that he is dealing with, which at this moment is just the car or the, right. the the model. And it's also low stakes. I mean, like fixing a car as well has like an actual car has such high stakes and such, you know, fine skills that are needed and like technical, technical skills. But like by doing a car, he's still doing the thing that he loves, but like it's super simplistic. It's super small. So it's kind of hard for him to fuck it up. Right. Which I think is right. also a thing that he is definitely feeling he has done. So it's like, what is the lowest stakes version of this thing? And it's like, and it's giving himself that. But again, it's just like, it's, 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 
the way I, for one, get into a cycle of of thought, right? I think it's like you think about that larger problem. So you try and find something smaller to work on. But then the problem mm. is that that smaller thing is not big enough or is not making a, a large enough change. Right. So it makes you angrier or sadder or whatever. But the problem is you don't have the ability or mental capacity to go do a bigger thing. So you go back to the small thing because you feel guilty for not at least doing something. And then again, you're back at the idea of there's this big thing. So I have to do this small thing. And then you again, it just, it's, it's almost like a hate cycle maybe is the word for that. Mm -hmm. But like he gets stuck in this loop inside himself. And then again, adding something like alcohol to that mix, which is also depressant, just really slows him down, you know, makes him sluggish, really affects everything numbs himself a little bit but it's honestly it's not enough yeah so yeah because that's the other thing is like what i will say about this is that i don't think he's necessarily an alcoholic no right to be clear on this because like it's not like he then struggles with drink after this part of the storyline and also he's not drinking like heavier stuff either he's drinking beer i wouldn't be surprised if it was his dad's beer, like if it was the brand, his right? Dad. I I I fully agree with that. That would also make total sense. To me, it's a little bit of like he's drinking the beer to keep a buzz going only. Like he's not chugging the stuff; he's just right. drinking it. He's just sipping at it, keeping a buzz, keeping himself slightly aloof, keeping himself not fully grounded, but also not gone at any point either. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that it's, it's interesting because it's an unhealthy way of dealing with it, but it's a very kind of responsible way of unhealthily dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) he's, he, he's doing what he can, but he's also kind of like, I need to move on. Um, he's trying to move on, but he doesn't feel like he, like he's invested so much into, shield and and all the people in it and all the people on the team whatever he's now alone and the mission's over and the only person here is deke you know oh yeah so i mean i think that just i think that like not shaving um uh you know trying to to keep working with your hands but also sort of steadily drinking and growing sort of your your beer belly a little bit and like just sort of going through the days. It's. I think that it's also very interesting that, you know, four months have gone by, four and a half months have gone by, and he, you can't tell that it isn't just the next day or later that that the same beer is day. the only thing. I also will say though that like the one there's a newspaper good thing about this right is that like he's probably not showering every day to be clear right, but I do think he's at least showering, and the reason that I say that is because. Uh, unless he's bald, which I don't think he necessarily is, like fully bald. I think he has a shaved head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that that also takes a little bit of maintenance, but like letting the beard grow out because, again, it's kind of like a manly thing. Because well, did, his, did his dad have a beard? I truly don't remember all of a sudden. 
I can't. I don't think so. I don't think so. so. I think I think he I thought he was, kind of, maybe he had like a. I thought he like had a, like a like a mustache, maybe like a like a dusting yeah. kind of thing, but yeah. not like a beard. I just also think though that like okay, maybe maybe he is just bald. Maybe there is no shaving. Uh, maybe right. it's just like I know that he would have the actor might have to shave his head, but you know anyway. No, but I think though that in general though his clothes are never just like shown as being filthy. You know, he right. doesn't look like he's got stuff caked into his beard or anything like that. In fact, the right. beard, while still growing, doesn't look gnarly at all. Like, it looks at no. least kind of kept a little bit. So it's like he's yeah. taking kind of like the bare minimum care of himself. Because also, even though the groceries go, you know, bad and like sit outside and stuff like that, he has to be eating literally something. Right. Because you cannot actually sustain your life on nothing but beer for four months. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, so there's something that he's, you know, so he's taking some care and like, honestly, again, it, it probably mostly out of necessity. Um, when it's like, I have to do this, like I can smell myself and it's bothersome or I have to go out in public to get more beer and they're not going to sell uh-huh. it to me if I smell like shit, you know, things like, it's right. like, you know, cause they'll think I'm an alcoholic or whatever. Like, you know, having to maintain some form of whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I think that like, this is such a, such a true, real thing. Like in a yep. show that's all about sort of the spectacular and haha, marvelous, right? Things that are out there. This is one of the only episodes where it is just, at least on this side of things, it's just real life. I mean, yeah, I I think that though it's in in a similar way to many other Marvel properties, it's using. I mean, this is I see what you're saying. There's not like they're mutants, which is kind of like exploring racism, but also they have superpowers. This is he's in mourning, and that's what they're showing here. Right. There's not spaceships. I mean, like he's a time traveler, right? But I mean, they're but, not fully addressing that every second that you right. see him. For all intents, he's not like. <laughs> Let me check my space watch and hop into my TARDIS and mourn my parents. Mm-hmm. Like, it's he's in a house and he's alone. And, like, we'll cut away in certain parts of, like, the full-on episode to, like, an actual kind of sci-fi situation happening. But it's, like, sure. even that, outside of, like, a Chronicom-esque situation, just the, the, the actual idea of a robot existing is possible right. in that time period. And... You know, they, they sure. can make, I mean, he made a robotic drone arm thing already. I mean, so it's like, right. we know that that sort of thing is around. So we're not getting too far yet into an outrageous, outlandish premise. But like when we're stepping away from what actual shield would need to worry about when we're just sort of checking in with our characters, it is not a guy going, okay. How are we going to find the time stream again? How, like, you know, again, using terminology that is so very much like wackadoodle, you know, like, oh, we're in a comic book situation. The man's living what genuinely so many people are living quite literally this exact moment that we're making this podcast. Yeah. I mean, there's also an interesting parallel to draw between Mac and Russell Feldman, who is also by himself. And also creating, like, mm. with his hands. Like, yeah. Russell Feldman's creating robots and, and robotic whatever, and Max creating model cars. But, like, 
it's a very sort of they're on the same trajectory sort of deal. And I'm not really sure what to what to uh, where to go from the from there with that comparison because it's the influence. Mm-hmm. Mm. He has mm-hmm. Sybil, and Mac has Deke. Sure. And so one is trying to lead. Well, even if he doesn't. Uh, actually, what's also kind of funny is that one of them is listening to the influence, and it's a bad influence. Um, but you know, kind of forcing him along to make something. Whereas mm-hmm. Deke is trying to help him better connect. life and and, yeah. and connect and stuff like that. And Mac has that influence, but he's refuting it for now. And and he, and he's finding himself in the same position that Russell Feldman is in. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I like that. But like, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Here's my final thing on that. Hit me. And yeah. the reason why it's also different, but like, it's the same story, but different, is that Russell is moving forward though because he's mm-hmm. listening to the other person. And because Deke yeah. is not, sorry, because he's not listening to Deke, Max not listening to Deke, he is remaining stagnant. Right. So it's like, it yep. is the same story, but one actually has progression because he's actively taking the 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 hints or the whatever, whereas the other person is going, no, I refute it. All right. So there's this thing. I just finished my first quarter of grad school, and there's this thing. Uh, that we talked about, which is called uh, Erickson's so- psychosocial theories of development, and basically he said that there's a this guy Eric Erickson said that there are basically throughout your life you reach certain life stages, and in those life stages you go through like like crises of like you know trust versus distrust and whatever, and there's one where you're when you're right around your mid thirties. Uh, when you're right around the mid thirties, the life stage crisis that you're going through is generativity versus stagnation. And I think it's very interesting because Russell is generating new, new stuff and, and stagnation in this, uh, in this definition is sort of when you kind of turn into a insulated sort of Karen esque Facebook post sort of person where it's like, I don't care about any, I don't care to care. I'm not Karen, I guess is sort of, um, (laughs) Um, but like, I think Mac is sort of in that place where he's sort of like, I don't even care if the world burns around me. I don't care if the Chronicoms are here in 1982. You deal with it. I'm I'm done. I'm done with everyone. And I think that's interesting. And because I would imagine they're roughly around the same age. Um, Ooh, yeah. Because 68. I think he's. I think Russell said they were class of 68. So that would make him like. Th- that's 68 is 14 years before 82 so 32 yeah that's he's right around there um anyways that's just something i was thinking of i i I see this this thing like everywhere i look now because it it was so drilled into my head in this class that i was in but uh i think that's really interesting to look at it in terms of like they're both going through this and dealing with it in different ways and it looks like russell is dealing with it in sort of the healthy productive way and mac isn't and mac isn't but also the things that russell is generating are uh killer robots so um hey real quick mac is 47 uh, years old that's wild to me but it makes sense he was born in 1971 because he has to been has to have been born before 76 and he's from 2018 Wow. Huh. 
prison. Yeah. Mac, Mac's actually wildly. Mac is much older than I thought he was. Yeah. And Yo-Yo is probably 29 or so. Let's find out how Cause she was. Cause we have a we have a she was like nine, eight or nine in that scene where she like reached out and got the. Let's see. She was born. I don't know if it's it doesn't have a birth date for her. Uh, in 1993, she was a girl, like a little girl. In that 93? In 93, yep. So she's like my age. So that is pretty much all I have. Um, do we want to discuss the ball in any way? Yeah, so the ball, you know what's fascinating to me, though, right, is like, again, we were talking a little bit about like finding a little bit of that youth again. Mm. But this is a connection sort right. of way. And so he's trying to make a connection. He's he I think part of it is that he sees the, the toy car. And it's like, okay, we're kind of going toys. We're going okay. But he brings the ball over before he sees the toy car. Was that the first time he's seen it? Yeah. Oh, right, because he says I had to get a guy cricket. That's right. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, okay. But, but you know, maybe who knows? Maybe he's like, okay, hang on, maybe I'm on to something. He's yeah. playing with the toys. Okay, I got a ball. Yeah. And it's just a kickball, you know, basically. That design of kickball didn't come out until 1987. Isn't that weird? Really? No. Oh, I have no idea. That's very um, funny. But like, thank you. again, Stark bringing us new technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need to get kickballs. What does that mean? You mean like what we do to fat sack, fat sack every week? No, not that. No, not that. <laughs> come on. What are you, a beatnik? Okay. <laughs> fat sack Hogan. Um... Happy's dad is like, yeah. It's like, come on, guys, you guys gotta stop calling me that. That's why they call him Happy is to kind of like make up for the shitty. He's happy that he's not his dad. (laughs) Or they go, we gave his dad a shitty nickname. We've got a. How about Happy Hogan? He's like, well, but I'm kind of depressed. Not anymore, kid. We're gonna make your life much better. You're happy. If you if you're depressed, just be happy instead. Mm, Oh Um, yeah, I never thought of that. You know what's funny is that he was called that in the comics because he was always just real pissed off. He yeah. was just always just angry yeah. and grumpy. And, and it's kind of like kind of like getting under his skin to be like, oh, he's so you know, he was up happy and yeah. like, Ugh. yeah. It's like if Snow White had named the uh, seven dwarves sarcastically. Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> Dopey was named Genius. <laughs> exactly, Doc. Dopey would be Doc. Uh-huh. Doc would be dumbass. <laughs> This is Kurtwood Smith's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dumbass one. Dumbass two. Like this one. That's grumpy. Yeah. Sleepy. Lazy. D- hippie. Grumpy takes over. Yeah. <laughs> hippie. Beatnik. Cover your damn mouth. Dumbass. Dumbass <laughs> two. And, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. Um. And also, I think it's it, what's the one from uh, Christmas Vacation. Where he's like, he's like, kiss my ass, kiss my ass, happy Hanukkah, kiss, kiss my ass, kiss, kiss, his, kiss ass. his ass, yeah. <laughs> oh lord, that's a fucking great um, movie. Well, it's such a great movie, and like the just like prop work alone, yes. is just on point for that movie. All the desk sets lined <laughs> up, wrapped exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's so weird. Like he must have been like, oh cool, a ball. I guess I'll pick this up too. 
along with the groceries. I mean, I haven't seen him in four and a half months, but I mean, guess that we know of. I mean, perhaps, whatever, but like. Also, as a guy who's just been inventing shit and like doing like, and then now there's no internet, he's also going, okay, shit. What was, what would I have been stoked to see in the future? Oh my God, we never saw balls. Except for when we would beat the shit out of Fat Sack uh, every Friday night. <laughs> but that was different. Fat Sack 2099. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, Miguel O'Hara just really leaning into like his informant. Uh, no, but like, it's just like, you know, I feel like he's like, okay, what would I have loved to see on the state of fucking ball? Hell yes, let's go. You know, Deke is a problem solver. Let's go. Yeah. He's. Deke is 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 like uh, Homer said about beer, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Mm-hmm. He both causes and fixes problems <laughs> to varying degrees of you know. Yep, starting action, and finish. You know, yeah, it's not always a 50, 50, 50 sort of split there. Uh, I think it's very funny, very sort of happy Gilmore, like Adam Sandler esque. Like he just tosses the ball out the door, and he like no words spoken. He just is like, huh? He's like, oh yeah, you like the ball? He just is like throw he's like yeah good thinking yeah let's get outside yeah you put that toy bottle down let's go out here and let's have a great game back and then the door's just closed you accidentally threw it he's like oh looks oops yeah (laughs) whoopsie (laughs) oopsie oh back so clumsy the other thing that i consider though is that like uh him i don't remember what the line is but i feel like he says something when the door closes which i think is like oh looks like you closed it okay Maybe like the like the way he says it is a little bit like I don't think he says accidentally there, but it does feel a little bit like oh I think you accidentally closed the door on me instead of coming. Yeah. No, no, wait. There's like he starts to say something and he just sort of stops himself, which is hilarious because it's like kind of realizing oh no, hang on, no he closed the door on me. No, okay. Yeah. It's. I want to see if I can find a um a transcript really quick because it's it's written really really well as as we keep coming yeah, back the to dialogue it, in this season is the so dialogue good. in this is so good i mean i think the dialogue in agents of shield as a whole is honestly really really good you know there's some right. west wing ass shit in like the second and third season for sure like that style of writing and then here yeah. though you're just you're really getting some real zingers here yeah punchy dialogue uh, I thought you maybe want to kick the ball around, go down to the park, get some fresh air or something. Oh, think you accidentally threw it out to the front yard, but I'll get it. Meet me out here. We can play a quick lock clicks. I think he does say something, but they didn't. It didn't. Make right, because I think it's. I think it's again just behind a closed door. But like you can like hear him. I'm pretty certain. Be like, oh, okay, oh, okay. You know, like he kind of comes to realization. Listen, the Jeff Word experience. Right, is the Jeff Word experience is on point. Yeah. Um, he takes it in a totally Jeffward direction. So I think that is pretty much it. Colin, do you want to let the groceries rot? Yeah, let, do you want do you want to let those groceries just just rot? Yeah, uh, I'll I'll just toss this ball right out the door real quick, right past the rotting groceries, yeah. and say thank you so much for joining us here on Timeline Scavengers. We will see you all soon for a brand new episode. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. And let it be known that Werner Reinhardt is still in prison.
The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.